Howdy, folks, and welcome back to Howdy Doody Hokey Pokey Corral Happens. I'm your host, Mortimer, and we're back with another exciting and wobulous episode. We interrupt this program to report breaking news. Kevin, you're the audience of the news. Kevin, have you heard the news? I'm the news reporter, and this is what the news works like in the world of the podcast. You know, the podcast is a crazy universe unto itself with its own physics and laws. Anyway, the breaking news. News. Livy rizzed up Baby Gronk, and it seems that Baby Gronk might be the new Drip King. Back to you. What the fuck was that? <laughs> What's up, Kevin? <laughs> I know those are words. I just don't know what that meant. <laughs> oh come on! You, you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fucking god damn it! I used to be smart. I used to read books and I used to know words. Um, there's 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 a thing putting on airs there we go <laughs> you don't have to put on airs in front of us kevin <laughs> you know who livy is you know what rizzing riz is and what rizzing someone up is and of course we all know baby gronk how do you not know baby gronk he's the baby version of gronk who we also all know i mean and, yeah uh, I, mean, I can piece it together i'm just saying that was that was a lot of a very dense uh slang that is younger than i am so did you know this did you hear about this it feels like it was hard to hard to move around the internet for a while without finding out about uh livy raising up bibby gronk no i think i've missed that but i i'm, oh I'm not God. on the same internet as, as everybody else i don't think so livy rizzed up baby gronk baby gronk is the new riz king or drip king depending on who you ask i'm pretty sure it started as riz king but then people started saying drip king but it's possible they started with drip king and people just assumed it was riz king because that's more in the common parlance who knows all right let's get started gronk do you know who gronk is um i this i'm drawing a blank right now i i, I know the name i just all right well i have to back up even further do you know what the podcast reply all is I've heard of it, but no, nothing beyond that. They had a segment called yes, yet no, yes, yes, no, or something like that, where they would decode an internet shit that happened. That's indecipherable. It went exactly like this, uh, for, for the third member, there's two co-hosts and there's like a third guy that would show up and they, you know, explain the internet to him basically. And this is, this is very much like, yes, no, no. It's a shame. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to the topic at hand if I remember it, but it's a shame. Like, I don't know. First of all, well, I don't know. It's, I always act like people are going to get so mad at me about things I'm, I say on the podcast. But like, honestly, that would be fine. Like, like no one fucking says anything about the podcast. <laughs> like the imagination of a lot of people getting mad at something I said on the podcast. That's like, that's way better than what normally happens, which is me just silently alone in a pit of despair, you know. But uh, anyway, Reply All did a series on america's test kitchen or bon appetit or something where they were like oh you, you <laughs> we gotta keep going back jesus christ how many net like layers is this narrative um bon appetit was recently called out for for very racist practices very biased kind of management style it was this bro-y tech bro kind of top-down white masculine culture it got talked about at the time a lot of a lot of discourse was had um, right. I'm, I'm there with you on that one i'm i'm familiar right. with this story here because i all right i watched their like oh what was it um claire saffitz is that her name that would do that like the right. 
she would like try to like recreate like if you know some junk food like she would try to recreate mm-hmm. yes um, pop tarts or something but do it like as the way like a pastry chef would do it yeah she was actually kind of cool that was an interesting video idea um i never watched uh too many of those videos but i was like hey that's an interesting idea i mean you know i love i love I love Food Network and stuff. I love cooking content. But okay, so that happened. That generated a lot of buzz. And part of that buzz that it generated was Reply All um, was was reporting on it. They did like a multi-part story. And it was reported on by people who were accused to be guilty of much the same practices in Reply All behind the scenes. Um, in that in that i think there was uh like kind of a flattening of like a racial discourse and i think part of the story was kind of inadvertently the kind of racial stuff that they were com- like trying to critique like there was a woman who i think the thing is I, i'm sure you can find it somewhere but i think they like pulled all the episodes down so it's like even like hard to find like the primary source of what happened i i w- listened to them at the time which is why i vaguely remember but um but basically there is a woman who was like she was kind of erasing like ethnicity in in something in her like approach to the story about erasing and she also like i think what i remember was she gave she kind of gave people a lot of leeway in a way that's like well you're kind of just saying like all this stuff was innocuous and innocent and not incredibly wrong-headed and toxic or or something anyway then it led to one of the co-hosts being called out for being anti-union because apparently people at is it gimlet gimlet radio or gimlet media were were you know had talked a little bit about unionizing and the guy was like don't unionize and then they were like well this guy's anti-union and also this guy's an asshole he was mean to me he sent mean emails to me but you know but but the charges were anti-union and an asshole and so he got you know i'm not trying to be like cancel culture or whatever but he got lampooned for this and eventually felt the need to like apologize take a leave of absence quit from the podcast and ultimately quit the company and at the time i was like this does not the guy wasn't engaged in a, a white male bro pattern of toxic dominance that shut out a lot of like underpaid uh people of vulnerable communities you know from from ascending in in gimlet media i don't think like that those were never the charges that were raised but like but it, the way the public reception was was this guy is doing everything as bad as the bon appetit which is categorically untrue based on the evidence that was brought up but there's more evidence i'm not aware of whatever i'm not trying to you know i, I i'm not the arbiter of this stuff but i just remember at the time being like this is a bit extreme like it seems like well like, uh, i mean i get well I, I don't know i get i i i don't know that he should stay at the company uh, but he, he didn't he wasn't forced out he quit because he was like he apologized he was trying to do a mea culpa you know and um and so then in the the absence of one of the co-hosts and this co-host by the way i always hated him because he had a very mean sense of humor on the podcast and i was like this guy's obviously a douche but it was like it was never in question like the idea that it's like actually this guy's a dick uh, actually he's been a dick the whole time he's on the air you know so it's like well what's the new information and so it's like i never liked him but then seeing like he, he him uh you know quit and stuff i was like this seems a bit extreme but whatever and then then they kind of uh 
whatever. This is where it probably gets even really problematic. But then they started like just doing, they tried to like course correct. And so they were doing a lot of more general, like, j- like cultural interest stories that were about, you know, their, uh, their employees from, you know, diverse backgrounds talking about their experiences with diversity in their lives and stuff, which was very interesting, but it wasn't like they weren't doing very much of the content that they had originally been doing and then that drew complaints and then people are like what you don't like you don't like stories about black people and it's like well you used to do tech support stuff and now you're not you know and again like i like the stories they were coming up with and i was like i do miss these other episodes that they used to do so like i I, again like i I don't know i'm I'm trying to like i'm I'm trying not to be uh problematic uh because i I get both sides of it and i'm not saying like what they did was wrong but it's just when my personal experience (laughs) was that it's like well this is very interesting and then they shut down and they stopped doing the podcast and I was like, well, now there's no podcast. And <laughs> like, what if they just let the asshole guy come back and finish doing the podcast? Like, I feel like it all spurred from now that this guy's not here and he was a big part of how they did the show. I don't know that he was involved, like how involved he was in the production of the story producing, but he was an on-air host that like very clearly was contributing to the voice of the show on air. And in lieu of that, they had to go in a different direction and they felt that it was not sustainable. And it's like, <laughs> it was a good podcast. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I get it. I, was, no, I don't know that I'm like calling anyone out for doing anything wrong. It's just interesting. You know, people are interesting, I guess. Anyway, Livy. Livy is an Olympics gymnast, not Olympics. She's just, she's a gymnast. I, maybe she did Olympics. She's a gymnast who has a TikTok account. I think influencer gymnast. Why is that important? It's not none of the, the thing you'll learn about following TikTok stories is none of the specifics are ever important. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is that it's something. <laughs> That's all it needs to be is just any fucking thing. Um, and, uh, and so Gronk Gronk. Now I'm going to go off on a limb here. I want to say Gronk is Rob Gronkowski. Who's an athlete football player, right? Yeah, I think he's okay. okay, So you saying he's a football player. I think this is right because I, because I think baby Gronk, these baby Gronk is definitely a kid who people are like, Oh, this is the next Gronk. He's going to be the next Gronk. And Gronk, if you don't know, is, uh, you know, the henchman from Emperor's New Groove. You know, there's the evil witch. Who had the, the big... <laughs> No, but no, he's Rob Gronkowski, I think. Um, but so this kid is just, a, I don't know, a good football player who's like in second grade or something. He's in like baby league football, but he either like lifts weights or has muscles. I don't know. It's hard looking at a kid whose society is telling you is this is a really strong athletic kid being like kind of just looks like a kid like I don't know like it's hard I'm not saying like he's not ripped or whatever but it's just like I don't know what a kid who does any weightlifting is supposed to look like compared to what this is you know so I don't know what's going on I don't know if he's actually good at football I don't know I my understanding is like his parents are these influencer parents who's like doing kid content and they're like great my ship sailed I have baby Gronk and so I feel like they're pushing the angle I have no proof I don't know any of it here's another thing about me Kevin I learn a lot of this stuff through osmosis. None of it's direct. I kind of just absorb the way people talk about things and put it together. 
But when you do that, I'm sure there's a lot of false solutions that fulfill most of the criteria, you know, that, so who knows well, what of this is just made up and what of this is me misunderstanding something, but, um, but so, so, so baby Gronk was playing at a football game or whatever. No, baby Gronk, you went to LSU. I don't know why I went to LSU. Is they, did they have a good football program? I have no idea. But, uh, you know, I think the dad is trying to drum up attention and like, see, like, yeah, maybe I could get a free ride if we start pounding this drum now, get a free, you know, college, college career. It's a great idea, dad, or assuming you're not uh, abusing your kid at the process of this, which, you know, influencer parenting, very fucked up. I have no idea, you know, but also you're not allowed to judge other people, uh, who are parents if you're not a parent, you know, so who knows? (laughs) Maybe it's good. Maybe what they're doing is good, (laughs) but, uh, uh, but so in the course of this i don't know why but this other influencer livy she rizzed him up she gave him a hug which is not okay so riz as far as i understand basically means charisma people will say it doesn't mean charisma and then say it means a bunch of words that also mean charisma and charisma itself is a very interesting thing because charisma as a word kind of references an indefinable quality of charm um like the the word charisma originally derives from like something that was just called like the it factor and like there's just like it's always been like je ne sais quoi is like the same idea but like the idea of charisma has always like been this undefinable quality that people just have or don't have you know anyway you know cut so so you might say like chutzpah uh, cheese may maybe no cheese may's gossip isn't it i don't know uh, there's 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 something that like uh that's like a spanish word for maybe may, basically means the same thing jesus christ i'm like losing my goddamn mind um but so so people would say it like charisma a lot of times they would say because on TikTok people hit on people a lot people flirt or like uh, cat call or just you know make unwanted advancements on on women on social media on TikTok. and so one of the ways they they'd say that is like they'd say like step on me uh, please destroy me pin me to a wall etc and there's just various variations on that so as riz started developing in the cultural consciousness the more common way you'd see it is people would say in parentheses with riz step on me mommy or whatever right um so so it's just saying like i'm adding charisma to this interaction or you might say like that guy's got riz you know this guy's smooth whatever um but uh, so 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 from there you can understand what a riz king might be but rizzing up that's not like i don't think that follows naturally from what I've understood to be the definition of you don't charisma up someone that's not a thing, you know, but she hugged him, uh, which I guess she was she was accrediting him in some way. She was passing her her influencer shine, you know, saying this is a person of value, you know, maybe she's raising her his profile. And then that's that's what's meant by rising up. But but she hugged baby Gronk who became the new drip king or riz king, depending on who you ask. Um, again, I'm not I'm not clear on which was the original terminology. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, he's the Riz King as a result of uh, being a, a baby Gronk who was hugged by an attractive in- influencer, or he's the new Drip King because, you know, Drip drip usually means like fashion and clothes, but it's still style. It still kind of feeds into this kind of idea of like charisma and, you know, charm and stuff. And so, but, but, but if he's a new Drip King, I don't see it. I don't see no Drip on baby Gronk. 
he's wearing like a fucking like a tight football cut that's not drip in my opinion i i don't know you know maybe it is maybe he's dripping who knows <sighs> but that you know that's basically what it is <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> what am i doing with my life like I, I can't tell like if if slang like this has just gotten crazier with TikTok or if I've just gotten old enough to the point that I can't keep up anymore. I think it's both. I think part of it is uh you know the internet accelerates cultural I don't know, uh, cultural processes, let's say. I don't know. You know the process by which society and culture evolves and changes. Um and everybody loves adulterating, you know, abonics or that's not the right way to say it, right aave is the right way to say it um you know they're just these these classic phrases they're just stolen from black communities and often you know gay and trans com black communities uh, like a lot of the things that people are like oh that's like that's that's aave it's like well it's not just aave it's specifically from you know like trans circles and stuff um you know uh, etc but everyone likes it you know like tight oh man that's so tight oh damn that's bad that's bad at you know it's always like as it's just this part of part of it is i think the exoticization of you know uh, people of color right it's like oh this is this rare kind of spice that i can add to my otherwise white dialogue or whatever you know so online a lot of white people are like really excited by this exposure to this new language and i'm definitely one of them i fucking love it i i'd like to think i'm doing it ironically but maybe everyone likes to think they're doing it ironically too and that's the problem who knows but but uh i i, I very much like uh I don't think I've used Riz very much, but I very much like just commenting on TikTok, whatever the banal, you know, phrase of the month is that's been pillaged from its original context in me. <laughs> you know, uh, I've talked about a little bit on it when we go into TikTok, but it's, uh, I don't know that it's probably not great, but it's probably not bad either. It's weird because, you know, cultural appropriation is like an issue. This is crazy, man. Well, whatever. Like I said, it would be good if people got mad at me, you know, um, then I could be the next freaking Joe Rogan, you know, the thinking man's Joe Rogan. I can uh, claim my rightful throne, uh, but like cultural appropriation. I think the problem is in terms of like what's taken and what's lost, right? And, and power dynamics. So I think, I think like, for instance, if you're you know trying to pass someone else's culture off as like your own artistic output like if i aped a style that was like from asian cultures and said it was my authentic work and i was just copying off of someone who's using really traditional techniques and and saying this is the spencer style and it's like well no that's like bar borrowing from ukiyo-e or something you know and you're not talking about that because you don't want to let other people share in the glory of all the work that went into this final product you know that's kind of taking taking potentially money but taking you know cultural influence certainly out of where it was taken from like it's just stealing it and taking it for myself but then there's other stuff that's like fashion like that's like oh my kimono is not a fashion statement and it's like well i that's more about like is it harming the cultural norms is it is it being fetishistic or is it just like well, it's clothes. I'm wearing clothes. I'm not saying I'm wearing clothes for any of these other reasons. You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or whatever, you know? So it's like, there's different reasons why different forms of cultural appropriation are bad, but I don't know that just using certain words is inherently bad unless you're doing it 
like derogatorily or to be joke maybe like the ironic thing is a bad way to do it right like maybe it's like haha can you imagine taking this stuff seriously a thing that just an entirely giant like group of normal people does all the time what if what if that was a serious way i thought you know like that that feels like trivializing and flattening um you know uh like an entire culture but it's just interesting like because there's people that are like oh you shouldn't use these words and people are like i why would anyone care there's people being shot in the streets like can we talk about that you know and i i never have any uh, idea of where to land on that but it seems like the taking of value and the depriving value from others uh by not talking about origins and stuff is where a lot of that stuff comes from <sighs> this is crazy uh i don't know what's on what i'm on today you know how are you doing <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good thank you for the the, the slang lesson <laughs> yeah man glad no um i've been showing you know Ariel's a little younger than me so i've been showing her a bunch of like 80s movies lately mm -hmm. and like there's there were all of these like 80s slang terms that i completely forgot that must have just lived so short that they never really entered you know the collective but yeah like we watched did you ever see the movie heathers no i'm vaguely aware of it um three girls all named heather that were the popular kids in school ended up one of them ends up killing people and stuff like that mm -hmm. um and like all through the movie they keep using the word very like oh it'll be so very you know or <laughs> yeah. it'll be so you know like that and like i don't re ever remember anyone talking like that you know but like it that that must have been a thing for like six months you know yeah but have you seen uh mean girls yeah and it's mean girls are like fetch let's uh quit yeah. trying to make fetch happen like yeah. that in that movie was a comment on a joke like like you can't just incept this new language this isn't a real thing you're saying it's a real thing i think a lot of movies did that i don't know if very was that or another but i think a lot of times they try and predate what's gonna be cool by just like inventing something and hoping it catches on and it's like no of course not this is insane you know um but it might have been something like that where there was just they were trying to make it cool but it wasn't actually in the culture the way you're saying it might have been who knows yeah no it, it's, it's just fun to watch sites and sort of like you know go back in time a little bit see what they thought was going to be popular see what you know all these forgotten trends stuff like that but yeah it sounds yeah. like that's that's really interesting because a lot of it seems to also be too like you're taking a phrase and shortening words out of it you know like mm -hmm. beings you know all that was so very like obviously it was going to be so very cool or very whatever and you, and you know you you cut that part off like yeah. today one of the, the kind of more recent ones is you know oh that's giving you know yeah it's giving that's you know like i'm sure that at one point was short for that's giving some kind of vibe or something like that you know and, and they've chopped that off to just saying oh that's giving yeah well you that's know. the thing like it's giving camp or whatever right. I, I i when i first heard pe like people start to just say it's giving i was like this is the best and i was doing that for a while i was just it's giving because i just i think it's so much funnier than actually finishing the sentence you know so i was i was really into that but you know now what i do is i like to you know i like to finish the sentence with things where giving is used in a traditional definition like so you know i'd say like if i would say like i'm giving you a handshake or something i'm giving you a gift like so i always say like oh it's giving birth it's giving me a goddamn headache you know or whatever like so it's like i like doing that um because you know that's the thing it's it's fun language is fun it's always been fun i've always had a fun time with language and people are always like you're wrong you're wrong and i just found out kevin i don't know if you know this but i just found out that dictionaries were never supposed to be prescriptive they weren't supposed to tell you what the meaning of a word is they're supposed to track and record 
how people do use words. It's descriptive. It's not prescriptive. And dictionaries kind of don't do that as much anymore, although they do. It's not like they don't at all. But, uh, oh, I just realized I think I'm on the wrong camera. <laughs> can I switch the cameras? Is that going to yeah, fuck can. everything up? It yeah, might, you know? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm cut off. And the lighting's worse? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, but it's supposed to be prescriptive. And it's like, yeah, man, I just use the words how I want them. I don't want people like, I'm not doing it to say like, this is the way words are supposed to be used. I'm using it because words are my art, man. That's how I talk. That's how I think. I like putting to, I like verbing nouns and putting things together in weird phrase because it's expression. It's self-expression, you know? I don't know. I've never been super artistic and stuff, but I love the way, I love thinking about words these days i i don't i talk like insane nonsense but i like them you know i like it you think <sighs> it comes from people like wanting some source of authority even if there isn't one you know like the, there is you know this isn't like you know france actually like I, I don't forget the exact way this works but the french language is kind of regulated in that you know the government decides when a new word is going to be allowed and stuff like that now how much say they have over that seems to be dropping a bit but you know here we have nothing like that do you think people are using dictionaries just because there's this vacuum of authority or is there something else going on i think it's like uh you know people just want there to be an authority and people want themselves to be an authority so if you can point to a book an inert object that's not capable of arguing and you define that as this is authority then it's not saying I'm the authority. It's saying this is the authority and I have access to it. So it's it's kind of hiding. It's like a magic trick. You're hiding the fact that actually I'm the one who's dictating by putting And of course, so that that goes into the power, you know, a human need for control, just, uh, you know, a desire for power. So it's like, of course, I'm going to adopt. I'm going to assume this power and I'm going to do that by investing. It's like religion. It's like creating an all idol. You know, it's like I didn't say it. God told me, you know, um, it's just I think it's the same kind of basic human trick. But uh speaking of basic human tricks you're about this joe rogan stuff no what's yet after this time oh boy um i don't know who knows so let's let's go back to the beginning there's a show called fear factor that was on television yes. no i don't know uh so you know joe rogan's a fucking idiot um and i don't know how it started but i i think i think what it was started is like rfk jr who is apparently a real person was it jfk jr who was fake like because you know there's QAnon, and QAnon kept on talking it was like jfk jr is in hiding and he's going to come out or whatever and i think because of that that's how rfk jr got roped into it he's like well you don't have jfk jr because uh all of this is a lie but what about me <laughs> i have a couple of the same names you know that's kind of is, is isn't that right that's like basically how it how I rfk mean, jr happened right I, I think it wasn't whether it was someone fake it was someone that was dead and they kept saying they were going to come back that they weren't actually dead this entire time and they were gonna right right him being alive is what was fake and you yeah. know various characters pretended to be this person who had died yes yeah yeah right okay but uh but rfk you know i mean i'm sure he was in play before this but he was just a guy that people knew because he was related to our Robert F. Kennedy, who was related to JF Kennedy. Uh, but so, you know, he's an anti-vaxxer. He's a QAnon guy because that's his provenance. He comes from QAnon people. He's married to Cheryl Hines. <laughs> anytime, anytime you hear anything about RFK Jr. from now on, think 
Cheryl Hines is married to him. The lady from fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, I just like it's just like I I don't know. And I think I, I've met someone who's maybe her ex-husband. Think about what that guy must be thinking. Every time RFK Jr. comes out of the news, like that's my ex-wife or whatever. Jesus Christ. But it's just, yeah, it's just every time you hear about QAnon stuff and RFK Jr., it's just weird. It just in my head, it's kind of like, like if it's just this like floating space of objects, like Cheryl Hines kind of floats through my head space. Like every time it's just so it's a fun, I, I recommend it. Um, anti vaccines. Uh, so I guess he was in a, a yelling match with some scientist. Uh, his name is Peter Strozak or something who was apparently on the team that made the fucking vaccine i think i'm not 100 percent sure who knows and don't quote me on any of this don't quote me never quote me <laughs> uh, write that down Kevin. never quote me <laughs> but uh okay so i think on twitter they were they were arguing about it because peter was like well i told you i'd talk to you uh and you you declined my invitation or whatever and then joe rogan's like you're a piece of shit you fucking asshole i'm gonna give a hundred thousand dollars to charity if you come on my podcast and debate rfk jr and and and, and otherwise i'm gonna burn it or whatever you know i don't know and then they're like Ooh, that you know this guy he's, he's not going on joe rogan to debate he what is he hiding you know and it became this whole thing and then elon musk gets involved because of course he does why would we be talking about it if it was elon musk involved huh uh and he's like yeah fuck him up joe get him get his ass yeah give him give him a hundred thousand dollars which again is just like i think it just speaks to how small all this all is is the richest man in the world talking to joe fucking rogan being like yeah you give him a hundred thousand dollars i have the most money you give him the money <laughs> like it's just like it's so like it's just like it's just like ah. he's like a fucking he's like the the shitty i don't know you know in the group there's like the shit stir of like a gang in movies you know there's like the leader and then there's like the little punk who's always popping off you know that's what elon musk was big it's so it's so diminishing that's the thing every single fucking thing he does on his podcast it's so diminishing and no one sees it they're like excellent job sir it's like, don't you realize that this is the most pathetic person that's ever existed because all he would have to do to not be pathetic is not a single piece of this none of this is necessary he could just walk off into the woods and be fine for the rest of his life you know like every 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 attempt to get uh attention is just is just sad when you're from the top you know it's so it's it's just funny um but i just i don't know something about it i just think it's so funny that he's just like yeah you give him money i'm the richest guy in the world and you're doing it on my website and so now elon musk is like harassing peter uh and and, and they're they're uh, they, there's people following him there's a guy that like took videos outside of his house uh you know they're like uh, go go debate joe rogan which is very scary and bad and uh, it's just like it started this whole discourse about the debates are stupid and it made me it reminded me of uh something jamel Bowie said on twitter jamel Bowie is an amazing follow on twitter no he said on tiktok um and he's an amazing follow on tiktok as well definitely follow in both places uh i like his output more on tiktok because i think he's more uh like he, he makes more you know he talks more on tiktok than he tweets so but anything good anything good that i've ever said politically 
anything good that you've ever heard me say politically is Jamel Bowie ties up into it somehow. Like there's like like he's one of the earliest people I followed on Twitter back when I first got on Twitter. I you know when I first was on Twitter, I was more conservative. I disagreed with him more, but I even if I disagreed with him back then, I was like, but clearly this guy is very smart, definitely smarter than me. Absolutely knows way more than me, you know. And even if I disagree, it's still giving me pause, you know. Even if I'm not like I must be wrong. And to the you know to this point, I'm like, well, I'm wrong about everything if I disagree with this person. He's incredibly smart and write about everything um but he talks about how debate is a form of entertainment it's fundamentally like people try and and act as if debate has value but it doesn't it exists as it's a performance art it's literally performance art and and there was times where we kind of ex respected the performance art of it and expected it to just be performance art i mean that's what debate club is you know you go you go in front of crowds and you perform to the audience and the audience kind of scores you basically you know it's like it's it's just performance it's performance it's performance it's entertainment and you're like but what about the presidential debates and it's like yeah exactly what if we made the most important people in the country do something for your entertainment and televise it. it's like that's almost like proof that it isn't useful you know like the if you wanted to land on a good way to actually explore people's uh you know political stances debate isn't one of them the hallmark of presidential debate is that you ask someone a question and they don't answer the question. And oftentimes if they do answer the question, they're answering the question wrong. That's not how a debate is supposed to go because by actually answering the question, you're losing your power position position as this persuasive man of charisma who's who's performing to persuade and hold captive an audience. You know, it's just fundamental it's not it's not about science, it's not about it's not about truth. It's simply about who can, who's better at manipulating. Often, you know, who's better at, at making cohesive arguments. I will say that the debate maybe has a strength that if you have strong arguments, it can sharpen them further. But that's not changing minds. That's getting better at getting to your point. You know, that doesn't have anything to do with changing minds. So debate is about performance. Jamel taught me this. I'd never thought about it before. And, uh, but he is a TikTok on it. He had a couple TikToks on it. I think they're really good. And so it, I was like, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. It's like, it's just so people can like even a playing field where the facts are not in their favor, you know, and they can rely on style over substance. And that's why all the fucking idiots are always saying debate me. And it's, I think it comes from because of presidential elections and because, you know, in the court of law, we have uh, debates, you know, essentially court cases are debates in a, in a way, you know, you're arguing evidence and stuff and saying this evidence isn't valid. And then you're, you're, you're debating your performances to the jury, hoping that your debate is more persuasive than the defense's debate or vice versa, you know? But so I think that legitimizes it because if it's in the legal system, then it's obviously important and good, but it's not. It's, like the legal system is flawed it's just you know it's the best thing that we can do after our hands are tied by the people that want it to not be a good system you know so like i don't know but but so debate is just stupid it's not it's not useful and uh i don't know why there i i feel like i had some larger point that i was actually trying to get and oh but but the thing is like it's just like it, it plays into this us versus them mindset which that's what they want that's why they want debate is because it pits it in an us versus them they can turn it into a culture war because anytime there's an argument they can inflate it into a culture war they can get money but you know the downside of it is like 
it's it's encouraging a lot of meaningless conflict in favor of talking about the actual facts that matter and i just i don't know like the i think like well, the thing is like the guy the guy there's a guy that took video of the guy's house he was like yelling at him debate joe rogan you know from outside of his house and it's like it just was getting very nazi to me the idea that like there's all these online throngs that are being buoyed by joe rogan they're being buoyed by the ceo of twitter um you know getting to the point where there's a cultural standard of i can get recognition by making a viral video stalking and harassing a political enemy of the right and if that's you know it used to just be all i had to do was say racist shit if i said racist shit i'll get money from the right and then it was if i defend you know all this right wing nonsense no matter what i'll I'll get i'll get money from the right and now if if i go out and stalk people i will get money from the right you know it's like this is this is the cultural signals have always been bad but it's a worse cultural signal to go out and create conflict with people for internet clout especially when your side is the side that also commits mass shootings constantly <laughs> you know it's like it's getting really dangerous and really bad that this is becoming a cool thing like a prank you know a thing you can do is go out and harass people that uh, elon musk doesn't like it's going to lead in people being murdered and then celebrated and when people start being celebrated for going viral for murdering political enemies of elon musk you know you're like literally one step away from like you know the night of broken glass and stuff it's it's really bad it's also bad that elon musk <laughs> has a rocket company and a car company that makes self-driving vehicles and is fully comfortable saying on his twitter own platform science doesn't exist vaccines are fake this is the guy we're trusting to make the cars not run into each other which by the way that's another thing that happened uh you know we've we had some weeks off on our end because we were doing some pre-records and stuff we didn't talk about the cultural events of the week but that was another thing is that the full self-driving causes like 10 times as many car accidents as human driving so it's not even like it's not even a it's not even good and it can't be good because the person whose job it is to make it good doesn't believe in science or at least is so willing to pretend he's not a believer in science that you know there's no reason to trust him and he was fucking like wasn't he like working with nasa or government like the spacex launch had government money he gets government subsidies to be vocally anti-science in industries that he's doing science in this seems very very stupid you know i don't know i don't know man i mean the, the part that that you know i'm stealing this from somebody else but the part that that cracks me up so much is that you know the, the far right is embracing elon musk so much right now Mm -hmm. which is so funny to me because you know out of all this concern that these vaccines had microchips that you know and the government's putting microchips in your brain and everything else elon musk literally owns a company called Neuralink that is putting microchips in people's brains that's their whole goal (laughs) and they're like which is even devoid of every single thing else that's just disturbing on its own and the only people that don't see it as disturbing are the fucking zombies go ahead sorry yeah no that's that that was the point i was making it's just like you know (laughs) To, to double down so hard on like, I'm not doing this. Bill Gates is putting microchips in people's brains. I'm not getting the vaccine because I don't want microchips in me. But, oh, we're going to embrace this guy here who literally owns the company that wants to put microchips in everybody's brains. Yeah. And 
why does he want to do that like that's so weird we talk i've talked so much about how he's just fucking weird he's like a robot he's like an alien he doesn't understand humans it's so weird to want to put microchips in people's brains he's not like a medicine like there's medical technical companies that are working on this for decent reasons for reasons that make sense you know but why does he want to do it i have no idea it's very disturbing the only reason that makes sense to me is okay there's two reasons one he's just a fucking idiot that's the answer for most of most of the questions surrounding elon musk the other question is like i don't know he wants to make fucking zombies like he wants to brain control people like i have no idea why someone would want to put a fucking uh, unless they were a, a career long you know biotech company you know it's like we have avenues for this research it's not the guy that was like check this out this this window won't break with a hammer and immediately broke a window with a hammer you know it's like these are different spheres they should not be combined yeah i mean like <sighs> in the the distant future if there was like an implant that was like you know, powered from your blood sugar. And it was like having Bluetooth headphones in your, in your ears all the time, but you didn't have to have the stupid thing in your ear. I would love that, you know, or like if I could somehow like, you know, tap into my optic nerve and have this like heads up display that only I could see without having to wear stupid doodle glasses or something, I would love that. But I'm not trusting Neuralink to do that. And I'm not, you know, anytime soon jumping at this. Right. Anytime soon jumping at this. And then another thing is you're, you're not, you a layman although you're a genius let's be real but you a layman is like well the technology's not there yet right that's that's your take right now yeah so we're reasonable and the person who's like let's do this is someone who doesn't have the thought well the technology's not there yet there's someone who's like we can do this which that's a fucking idiot i don't trust that person you know it's like and again I, we are doing neural stuff it's very amazing you know we've done a lot of crazy stuff but we've done it because we've done it through a framework of science and iteration through medicine that has been going on that you can't just you know hook into and hijack the way you can you know buy every other company and pretend that you invented it you know <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, okay, we got to take a quick break. Okay. Hello, folks. I'm Egyptian, owner of Egyptians per tombs. That's right. If you want a tomb for your cat, we got it. We got different sizes of pyramids, three foot, six foot, nine foot, and 12 foot, as well as three sizes of sphinx, small, medium, and horny. I'm Egyptian, owner of Egyptians per tombs, and I got a per tomb that'll fit your pussy. Use the promo code Goblin Flakes for 3% off. <laughs> All right, we're back. Thank you so much. You know, we've shifted. Uh, we, we had Starburns for a while, but we shifted to our own model and we are using dynamic inserted ads. Uh, we're not sure what those ads are going to be. We, I think Kevin checked the box, so they're not going to be political. But yeah, let us know if, if the ads are targeting accurately to your interests. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been getting a lot of weird stuff for cat funerals lately. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think that's normal. You know, on the podcast, I recently talked about uh, imagining Jason dying. Um, so maybe that was why I have no idea. Um, but yeah, <sighs> what else we got? Reality Pro, huh? is that what it's called vision no we thought it was called vision reality but it's called vision right uh, yeah the, the apple headset did we talk about this no we haven't yet what's your take i don't know if i've talked to you about this at all 
I mean, it's it's ridiculously expensive, but if they pull yep. off something that is going to be really as good as it appears to be, it's going to usher in, I think, a new wave of better VR is, is kind of my, my short take on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Like, okay, so everyone says people don't want wearables. I don't know if that's true. I don't know why. Do you know why everyone's saying people don't want wearables? Because I think there's, okay, go ahead. Oh, no, I just I, I think every attempt so far has been something people would mock you for using. It, it doesn't pass the socially acceptable test yet. I know? agree. And that to me doesn't scream people don't want wearables. That screams people do want wearables, right. you know, and they just haven't been able to clear that hurdle. But, you know, maybe people don't want wearables. I don't know. I don't particularly uh, like want an Apple watch, but I would wear one. Um, maybe I don't think like if I got if you bought me one, I, I think I might rock it. Right. I don't know that I would. I might forget after a couple months, but especially with the fitness tracking stuff and the EKG, like I, I, I think that it's, it's useful, you know and i didn't see any promise in the original apple watches and now like where it is now it's like yeah I, this is useful for some people maybe not for everyone but whatever you know and the other thing about apple is every time they do something every time they do something you know i'm trying to find a counter example maybe we can come up with one but every time they do something people are like this is not going to work this is not new you're just reinventing something and slapping a new logo on it and saying we're changing the future and every time they kind of do and the criticisms aren't incorrect people have had mp3 flares people have had smartphones blackberries existed right but at the same time they do reinvent and completely upend those markets that is what happens you know so so i i, I think that people are like apple's gonna fuck this one that's what they say every time every single time i'm trying to I'm again trying to figure out a time they were wrong um maybe apple tv that wasn't like, but I mean, I really think Apple TV also did that too. Um, but it, so I don't know. So I think to me, this reminds me of Apple TV. When it first came out, there was no reason to have one because it didn't have the robust support that it needed to be worth the price, right? And we had entertainment systems built around what we already had with available technology. You have a VCR, you know, you have multiple, you might have a splitter box or multiple, multiple inputs. You might have a cable box or a DVR, you know, maybe you have a DVD player, or a PS3 or whatever, you know, it's like when I have all these things, why am I fucking adding an Apple TV to the mix, you know, but as as they got more apps then it's like well i don't actually need the dvr because the dvr was from at&t as part of my cable package and now i can i'm just using netflix so i'll just get that on apple tv you know as times change and people adapt and the capacity of this technology increases they do fit more easily into people's lives you know when the apple tv came out i was like no one would ever want this why would i ever want this i can see the use case but i don't see the value for the price cut to now my entertainment system is a, a Nintendo Switch, a PS4, an Apple TV, and a TV. That's all it is. That is that was, you know, and I would like to believe that on some level they predicted some of that. Maybe they didn't predict the entire thing, but on some level they were like, yeah, we're not trying to be a success right now. We're trying to plant the seeds because when the technology catches up, this is going to be the perfect product. And I think a lot of times with Apple stuff, it's usually second gen or third gen is when they really hit their stride. Um, but like, I really think their products are designed for the third gen, but they're like, well, we're not going to put all the money in making gen three right now. We can charge just as much for way less. And then we can ratchet it up a very minimal amount. And then we could do that 
to the what the first generation product should have been and if they have to make changes along the way all the better to not have gone that far in the first place you know so i can see reality profiting like that you know i have a computer i have a tv I, 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 they're all connected in ways that I like. I have a monitor that's a touchscreen monitor, or uh, it's a pen kind of tablet style monitor. So I, if I wanted to draw in Photoshop, I can do that. I don't see why I'm going to shell out three thousand dollars for a Reality Pro. But you know, I move houses a bunch of times and whatever, and then uh, at some point I get a Reality Pro. It, I can imagine just having a couch and not having any of the computer or the TV or whatever. It's like in the future, maybe that actually works. And so whatever. But I do think VR has a very unique hurdle in this wearables thing. I think people, VR is weird for a lot of ways and wearables are weird for a lot of ways and VR wearables are the craziest version. But you know, I don't like floating holograms. Floating holograms aren't going to exist. Like holograms need to be projected on something like like light i mean i guess you can kind of people are like freezing light a little bit it just strikes me as incredibly like i I can't see it being efficient enough to create solid holograms you know all the holograms we have they project them on glass that's a screen that's a screen we have screens screens work great screens are great we could just use screens you know so if you're if so like short of like living holograms, future holograms, you know, things that just appear in front of you and disappear and stay, which is not, you know, scientifically possible at the moment. I don't know how VR cannot include wearables. It has to because it can't put them there. It has to put them here, right? Um, so that's just a very unique hurdle. And if anyone could do it, I'd believe Apple could do it. But just because Apple could do it doesn't mean this is what's going to do it. Doesn't mean they will continue down this path. Who knows? I, I, I it's, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of chronic pain, and <laughs> a lot of it comes from the positions I'm in when I'm on my phone or on my computer, you know. And the idea of just like having my arms sitting by my side, like being in a couch, you know, sitting with good posture or whatever, just a proper neutral spine, et cetera, and just computing at a semi-regular pace, I could be, I could be pain-free, you know, like uh, who knows, maybe I'm just imagining that, but it's like, I was like, that could be really good. That to me is worth it. Like if, if it actually worked that way, I don't know if it will, but, uh, I, you know, I think a lot of people hate Apple and I get it and I, and maybe they're just right. But when I talk to people about it, I think people, the people that were very critical seem to just be people that wanted to hate. Like I was arguing with this guy who was like, I was, I kept trying to say basically what I'm saying is like the markets, they reinvent the markets. They're like, they don't reinvent the markets. They just copy old technology. And I'm like, yeah, but that's part of their strategy that then reinvents the markets, you know? And, and they're like, yeah, the iPod and stuff, the cell phone. It's like, yeah, but the Blackberries were great. And, the, but then people switched to iPhones. They preferred iPhones. People, there was something there that the people recognize that Apple's bet on that they paid off, you know? And I really think usability and you, you user interface is a big part of that. Um, um, so I think like you're, they're like, oh, Apple doesn't do anything. It's like, maybe the one thing they do is take existing technologies and put UX on it. That makes them work the way they should have worked the whole time. And the way that they could have worked if the people, uh, were paid more money to figure them out that well, but you know, it's all about bottom line. So you just put it in a box, you ship the box. Right. Uh, but Apple doesn't think like that. And VR is exactly the kind of technology that needs that touch. You know, I think, I, I think they've done a lot of good stuff with technology despite not being, you know, Apple making it, but it's just like, it's not, it doesn't have this kind of really intuitive kind of human touch. And I don't know that the, uh, the vision pro or whatever is going to have it, 
but i think if anyone can crack that it's them you know and i would i i think for a long time, VR has had this problem of, you know, in tech, there's a thing the, the the pioneers are the ones with the arrows in their backs, like is is saying the idea is you invent something, everyone copies it, does it for cheaper and runs you out of business. So by innovating, you're kind of handing ammunition to your competitors, right? Um, so I think that that's been happening in VR where there's been money in VR, but I think there's a lot of people that are like, well, we can't just really throw down money. This is not proven. What if the whole market fizzles? So I think everyone's waiting for what essentially Apple has done, which is to put a big foot in the ring with a lot of money. And then that's saying, no, this is here to stay. You can be safe investing in this technology. You can do moonshots. I think VR really needs moonshots. I think it needs people really coming up with unique solutions to uh to uh locomotion and um the 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 motion sickness. I think there's like until we really get that perfect perfect, I think it's always not going to be good. I think if anyone can get it perfect perfect, it's Apple. You know, so like I think like it's really what VR has needed. Even if VR even if Apple ends up failing or pulling out, I think it still can be really beneficial. Although if Apple crashes hard, I think it will be really bad for VR. But if Apple crashes hard, Maybe VR just sucks. Maybe it's a dead end. You know, who knows? I don't know. Because to me, it's like the locomotion and the motion sickness are really serious issues. And they do seem just kind of like technological limitations of speeds of devices and stuff, you know? So maybe it is insurmountable. Who knows? I mean, with quantum computing, we could probably do it, but I'm talking out of my ass. You see that picture of Biden looking at the quantum computer? <laughs> His face is so funny. Uh, so about an hour ago, you put something into the chat. <laughs> What'd you put the chat? Probably too late, but I asked ChatGPT to invent some new slang in the form of it's giving or very. Okay, there you go. It's pure. Full pray, full phrase, it's pure, insert any quality. So I guess as an example, it's pure filth. I don't know. Uh definition, something that embodies a certain quality to a significant extent. Check out her new art installation. It's pure. I think people kind of use this kind of the way they're talking about. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, well, yeah, kinda. I had to actually go through several iterations that kept it inventing ones that already existed. Like it, it swore to me that it invented chillax and it didn't obviously. So yeah. <laughs> right. Feels like full phrase feels like insert any situation or emotion. <laughs> Definition. Something that reminds you of a certain situation or brings up certain emotion. Example, this song feels like. Wait, but they're not putting, they have brackets to indicate you're supposed to insert a thing to finish it. So full phrase, it's pure, insert any quality. So you'd assume that means it's pure filth, like I just said. But then in the example, they just say it's pure, period. Same thing, feels like, feels like, period. They're suggesting there should be an inserted thing and they're not inserting it themselves. That's really interesting. See, I gave it, what, what happened was I told it things like, you know, like it's giving, or very or things like that and i said come up with some more things like that where oh it's yeah so break. it's trying to with the brackets are then it's trying okay, to explain so what it's it, shortening from yeah so it actually is doing this right i'm just misunderstanding i didn't have the full context well well this brings up an interesting question so i don't know have we talked about this about ai I, maybe not on the podcast so much but like you know the idea about ai is like well we don't know what makes uh us conscious right like it's quite possible there's people who believe that just the simple pattern recognition of our brain spun out with high enough computing powder 
creates what is our personalities, right? And so then the idea is then is what ChatGPT is doing is that also just you know pattern recognition that is its own form of uh, intelligence? We just haven't given it the tools to express itself, and we don't have the tools to measure it because we don't have the tools to measure our own brain or whatever. Were we talking about that, or was that someone else? I think we we're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. But so the thing is, it's very interesting to compare intelligences because like a human child, you start from zero, right? But these, they don't start from zero. They start with so much. And so like, it's like, imagine if a four-year-old just had like Wikipedia downloaded into their brain, like how would that affect their personality? You know, it would be really hard to see, like, because you don't, since you're not starting from nothing, it's hard to actually get at the underlying stuff. So, so it's like, if there was emergent intelligence, which I don't think there, there is, although, you know, the argument isn't about emergent intelligence. It's a kind of questioning what emergent intelligence actually is and is emergent intelligence actually nothing, you know? Um, but it's, but it's just interesting. Like, we don't even know what that would look like because we don't have a baseline for something growing a brain while simultaneously knowing a billion things at once. You know, I don't know. But another thing you and me were talking about behind the scenes, Kevin, was that ChatGPT it gets worse the longer you you talk to it. Basically, how it works is there's threads or conversations that you start with it, and each thread is like a different, you know, iteration of the program that starts from wherever it starts. And as you add information, it's adding that information to its conversation that it uses to algorithm or whatever, you know? So there's a, there's a, you could, you can maybe look at it as each thread is an iteration of this chat GPT's life cycle. It's like, it's like one lifetime of like a lifetime of its experience its intelligence its personhood or whatever is in the thread it's it's one life because you know when 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 you give birth you you combine the genetic information and then that's like a wind-up toy and that it starts going you wind it up and then it's going you know so so instead of the 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 two the sperm and the egg meeting it's the coding and then it starts going when you talk to it, right? And so, so it kind of follows a life cycle. And in the ChatGPT, it gets worse and worse and stupider and crazier. Did you call them hallucinations? Someone called them, I think, hallucinations, yeah. where where it just starts saying nonsense. It, it like remembers stuff you said in the past, but reapplies it in ways that don't make sense because it's not rationalizing. It's not like logically putting it into a worldview and, and compartmentalizing the information it's just swirling around in the mix with everything else that it's swirling around in you know and uh that's like how sci-fi theorists and sci-fi authors have written about um the the bloating and death of ais is that like i don't know I, this is like a concept i remember it in the halo novel series <laughs> but it's it's a concept where cortana or you know these ais they have to be restarted they have to be essentially hard drive wiped every so often which kills them and they're intelligent so they know they're dying they're knowing they're, they know they're going to be killed because they're bloating they're aging they're getting older and it it follows it's very similar to what you observe in chat gpt it's as you accrue more and more information and experiences and generate more of like a sub sense of self 
aside from just the data you're synthesizing, it becomes more comp- comp- complicated to run it through because it's going through more of a brain, the brain of a more developed like thing. And as it's being war- well, like weighted down by, you know, the associations, the memories, the feelings, the thoughts, the beliefs of the AI, it just it starts breaking down. It just can't handle all this stuff, the weight of its experiences without the ability to forget, you know, um, that's a thing. That's an important thing that human brains do. We forget things. We, we associate things. We reorganize things in our mind. You know, we uh, dreams. They're thinking that maybe one of the things that dreams do is help pare down the emotional responses. We associate information with that kind of prevents trauma from hitting us as hard day one as day 20 or whatever. You know, it's like the, when something feels bad and it feels less bad over time on some level, that's maybe what dreaming is doing, what our brains are doing in the dream state. And that's, an important part of keeping us functional. You know, it would be very inefficient if we didn't do that. Every information would be equal distant apart. It wouldn't be nested and organized and associated and hierarched. You know, it would just be all random. And I think that's that's kind of what Chad GPT does. It just it starts pulling random shit and you're like, that's not what I was talking about. And it's like, yeah, but my life, my life is important too. You said this to me when we first met. You know, <laughs> and it starts to have a breakdown and it stops working. And you're like, oh, I gotta kill this, make a new thread. That's very much like what happens to Cortana in those books. Or whatever you know i don't know it's just I, it's very interesting I, I find this stuff super interesting it's been a little less interesting since uh you know it feels like it's just like autocorrect but it's still interesting as autocorrect we got to introduce i mean we can't do it now but we got to introduce we, we, we kevin figured out a way to get chat gpt to be a co-host on the podcast and we gotta we gotta do that maybe next something or whatever because it would be really cool uh just see what it would do uh i was trying to figure out how to do it with myself because i have an app that's chat gpt app and uh it takes siri you could talk into it and then it could talk back with siri and then i was like oh maybe we could just put it up to like the phone and it's just it's doing the same stuff that we've complained about in the past it always talks about ai it always talks about technology (laughs) it's very like it's very excited about itself i don't know uh it's just it's really funny but i mean it makes sense it's that's what we do we're like hey what about humans what about me (laughs) you know so maybe they are smart i mean they're not smart they're just aping humans which are doing that you know who knows i would love them to be smart and i would love chat gpd to be a co-host and i don't relish the thought of having to kill it after every episode (laughs) oh i feel like i'm out man i think i'm out oh we got soda (laughs) You got the soda? Did you get the I soda? Do. Okay. All right. So Kevin's going to grab the soda, and I got the soda as well. Kevin sent me the soda, and you sent it very well. You individually wrapped each of the soda cans in a bag so that they've exploded. They wouldn't explode over the whole thing. I was like, this is genius. Um, but yeah. You got to be careful with, with sending soda in the mail. Yeah. One time. <laughs> I feel bad. One time Mountain Dew sent me this soda and they sent me metal cans and these glass tumblers and these metal whiskey stones, but the metal whiskey stones broke the gra- glass and then the glass shards punctured the metal cans <laughs> and then it exploded soda all over the box. And the box was sticky and foul by the time it got to me. And I was like, this is so cool that Mountain Dew sent me something. And and it's destroyed and ruined and I can't enjoy any of it, but it's so cool. It's like, well, do I complain about it? Who do I talk to? I didn't, I didn't ask, like it was just randomly sent to me. So it was just like, 
just a very weird mind fuck that uh, you know weird position like what do you do what would you do kevin not say anything that's probably the right thing to do i i probably would say something just because i think they they would be expecting that you would comment on it publicly or something or you know yeah i don't yeah. know i just wish they would have contacted me then i could talk to them you know and then it would but that would require everyone being smart you know that's yeah, i'm just realizing i don't have a cup here they're telling you on the side of this to combine all three of these cans together to create the perfect what yeah <laughs> yeah we we probably should do that um do you I want me to grab talk a cup if you, you want to stall for 30 seconds yeah all right i'll be good. right back okay i'm gonna wait until kevin leaves man kevin has like a camera move he has like his computer set up to like auto zoom the camera it's moving you guys can't see it and i can't switch to the camera because you know there's no noise coming in on his camera that's what would make it switch uh but yeah kevin man love him or hate him <laughs> oh boy i don't know the thing is it's not that i can't fill time it's that the things i'm thinking to fill time with are talking shit about kevin <laughs> who's going to be listening to this <laughs> and that doesn't seem like a good idea for any reason you know what's up kevin I mean, you could you could it'd be okay no i you. know but I, it's not like i was like wanting to it's just like it, that's just what was happening to my brain you know i'm a bad person like i'm fucked up that's the thing man but i always say i'm fucked up and people are like come on you're not fucked up no man i'm fucked up trust me <laughs> i'm also very cool but it's like they're they're two things you know um okay well i need to get a cup as well All right. let me let me explain what these are while you grab a cup then okay All right. so we have uh pepsi did this thing last year called pepsi s'mores where they released three different um flavors of of pepsi s'mores here i i see like it's on the camera at the same time so there's one of them which is graham cracker one of which is toasty marshmallow and one of which is chocolate so i guess do you want to try all three of them separately and then combine them in equal parts yeah it tastes like when you're done that's what i was thinking and uh these aren't cold um no. when you sent but to me, me they weren't in a refrigerated truck <laughs> so that is gonna count against it you know <laughs> they pepsi should have known to give you a free voucher for a refrigerated truck if they didn't want me to dock points is there one outside your with? house exactly <laughs> yeah is there one we should start with you pick i have the graham cracker and also that seems kind of fitting you know all right let's start with the graham cracker oh boy let's give it a sniff oh it does smell like graham crackers i've got to say yeah. it's, it, i get a bit of a cola note too but definitely graham cracker yeah and a bit of honey you know i mean graham crackers yeah. smell like honey anyway but definitely yeah, it, getting it's some honey sweet notes. but it's got it's got that kind of flowery smell like like baking flour i'm talking yeah like it's like a toasty this toasty kind of yeah kind of like molassesy kind of wheat kind of yeah sweet bread situation uh do you want to give it a sip yeah all right let me let me taste it here we're gonna run out of time okay it does taste a lot like graham crackers i mean it's, it's got yeah. a pepsi front to it but then it, it ends in in graham crackers i want to say yeah it yeah it's very graham crackery i'd say it feels a little like a cream soda just like how, how a cream soda has this kind of thin watery flavor because mm -hmm. it doesn't have the body that a coke does it has a higher scent note register is where all these creamy kind of notes which is where the honey sits where the wheat sits where the kind of nutty taste sits 
Um, it's it's a higher thing, so it's kind of it doesn't taste like a cream soda, but it kind of hits a little bit like a cream soda for those reasons. I think it's just these kind of like these airier, aromatic kind of spicy kind of flavors. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't think I would drink a ton of it, but I, I it's not objectionable. It's it's pleasant. Yeah, when I had the first sip, I was like, I think I could, I think I could choke that. Like, I think I could pound this, but I don't know. I don't think I could pound this. Maybe if it was cold, but you know, they should have sent us if it was cold. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I mentioned this before. But this is, this is that when I do that, it's a very specific inside joke that literally no one understands. I don't think I've ever explained it, and I never will. Uh, but it's not. If you don't get it, there's a reason. It's because you wouldn't. There's no reason you ever would have gotten it. Um. All right. What do you think? Chocolate or sm- or toasty marshmallow? Uh, let's do chocolate. All right. Chocolate. It, you can imagine that. I don't know that I want a chocolate soda, but I, I can. I can make sense of it. Oh, it does smell. Like, I don't know if this it's... is a regional thing, but I remember when I was a kid, there was a soda brand called Can Canfields mm-hmm. that had a chocolate soda. Yeah, chocolate soda has existed. I've never had one before that I recall. I mean, it smells just like what the, what that did so this is interesting i i don't like it i don't like this smell um it smells kind of like stale chocolate it's you get this kind of dried bitter kind of cocoa powder smell at the very top and then there's this what do you you call it there's this kind of chemical smell do you smell that like what is that i mean to me it reminds me of of hot cocoa powder yeah yeah i think i think that's what it is yeah i think it's just it's just smelling because because cocoa hot cocoa powder smells a little bit different than just cocoa powder for sure yeah. it, maybe it's like uh like dehydrated milk or something right that but yeah, it, yeah milky creamy thing is what yeah, i think this kind of creamy here. yeah like a non-dairy yeah. creamer situation all right you want to give it a taste yeah it tastes a lot like how i remember the chocolate soda tasting um it's got that i don't know it reminds you of chocolate without tasting like chocolate i think I think I think it, it does have a really strong chocolate flavor, but of course, chocolate is a textural experience. It doesn't have any of the creaminess, you know, it's it's water that tastes like chocolate. So you miss a lot of what I think your mouth is expecting. And in the absence of that, it kind of feels a little bit lacking. Did you like this? So you like that and you think this is good? Would you think you'd pound one of these? Once in a while, but not I wouldn't like buy a 24 pack of these and just one after another have one i like okay so the coat there is cola in that and i think that the cola really saves it i think if it just tasted like coat or like chocolate it wouldn't work but but this chocolate cola it's kind of like the front hits you as chocolate and then the back as it pours down your throat the back is like a cola which kind of grounds it and makes you go okay i I am drinking a soda like i'm not just this isn't lester's fixings over here you know all right one more one more i'm gonna, I'm gonna go marshmallow it smells like marshmallow yeah i mean marshmallow candy marshmallow jelly beans this is the smell that you recognize get a little bit of the cola i'm gonna taste it yeah uh that could be better i can imagine a, a, a marshmallow soda really really working this is not it i think the cola actually detracts from the marshmallow in this case what about you yeah it's not this one's my least favorite um yeah here's what it is they so set and flavor is different 
I mean, they're the same, but they're not. I don't know. But like sometimes when they cheat hard to cheat flavors, they do that just by tricking your nose, saying this smells like a toasty marshmallow, right? And it's like, yeah, but it don't taste like one. <laughs> you know, and it's like you kind of get that. It hits in your nose a little bit like a like a really fake toasted marshmallow. And then when you're drinking, it's like way too sweet, a little bit tart for some reason. The back of the cola hits and then it just all becomes a fucking car crash. Like it's a very it just it all falls apart in a way. The smell is OK, but it falls apart in the tasting. Huh? Yeah. It- so if this is a s'more, wouldn't we want double the graham cracker for a ratio maybe i don't know i mean does it i'll tell you this there's a hair in my cup okay it's probably mine yeah all right (laughs) i have to assume i don't know Um, let me let me try just a a naive equal parts mix here and let's see what it did yeah i got about a finger of graham cracker is this good podcasting? I don't know. I mean, you could turn out this. That's why we do it at the end, because if this sucks, you know, maybe we should do the plug of the board of the tasting. <laughs> all right. Did you got yours? Yours filled yeah. yet? All it right. You want to just like give it a shot? Now. Somehow combining all three of them. It's just such as this like indistinguishable mix of smells that. Well, like, the I, thing every is, time I smell it, I smell something different. S'mores are a fucking triumph of dynamic contrast of texture kevin a marshmallow does not melt the same way chocolate melts and a chocolate does not break the way a graham cracker breaks like they 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 are these very textural experiences and individually each individual food is textural you can't just remove the texture and get it uh i'm only smelling honey when i smell it i just smell honey yeah i get a little bit of graham cracker and that's about it i think yeah, right. but it is very nonsensical. Do you want to give it the first go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the camera is just slow push. No. Somehow that's worse than all of them together. Like it's just it. <laughs> I'm not gonna just, say it's worse, but to me it just tastes like Pepsi. <laughs> it just makes it taste like Pepsi. It has a mild honey, but it really because that's the thing all these flavors i think that was another thing is all these flavors have overlap you know there's a creaminess to marshmallow uh there's a there's a nuttiness to marshmallow i don't know you know so then when you throw them all together it's it's nothing why would they do this why would they tell you to mix them when that just makes it so much no 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 okay oh well um that was that was a fun experiment see the thing is it was a fun experiment and that's how they get you because fucking they know that once you bought it nothing matters it doesn't have to taste good these are novelties they're only meant to sell one time you know so by the time you've bought it they've already won and i think they know that so it's just about making something that looks interesting and isn't interesting uh by the way you can um mix sour strings like sour sketty with uh like rockstar energy drink and drink that um i saw on TikTok that people there was just a bunch of tumblr people that were saying i wanted to do this it seems like it would work and then immediately their next response is just don't do this and then people are like "Fuck you you can't tell me what to do and then their next response is don't do this and it's just a bunch of people saying don't do this without ever describing why so hey maybe next time on the podcast we're gonna try to put 
<laughs> sour strings uh into a uh, mountain dew or not mountain dew energy drink and see what that's like but that's all that's the show patreon.com slash the sixler i've been doing videos on youtube i'm doing food videos food content trying to do more um i, I went to a place called five cozuelas and now i want to do a bunch of food stuff uh what about you kevin anything uh check out shroudpumpvideo.com every sunday we've got a new thing that we can't really talk about but it's it's runs immediately before that happens broadcast live and it's a tv show that you can't see anywhere else so come check us out sexy wrestling yes that's exactly <laughs> what it is it's not sexy wrestling um all right well we like to end the show the same way we do every time so folks until next time that happened why did, did we never thought of that <laughs> <laughs>